Iowa everywhere. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Making Mems on the Iowa Everywhere Podcast Network and coming to you from the Channel Seed Studios. I am Adam Pedersen, and the one you're all here for is Jordan Bohannon. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, dude. Why why do you got to say that, though? Everyone loves you. I'm getting great (laughs) compliments. Everyone says, wow, he's got such a nice voice. Mm. Well, Mm. thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I did think that the first time we met, I was like, holy crap, this guy has the best radio voice ever in the world. And look at us now. How about that? I'm finally getting to put it to use. Um, Yes, God has blessed me with a voice for radio and also a face for it as well. Mm. But, and a body, yes, body. and a body, <laughs> and a body that's meant for radio and maybe the occasional on-screen appearance. But let's not get carried. I'm not going on Project Runway anytime soon. Well, you never know. <laughs> that's true. I mean, plus-size models are a thing nowadays. Yeah, I've seen you on the treadmill though. I'm like, that got me motivated to get back my my ass back on the treadmill and start running. Yep. Yep, because when we play a rematch, you don't want to lose, so you better stay on your game, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can we talk about that shirt today? Oh, my yes. gosh. Rocking the flowers, so we got the tournaments going on in the Bahamas, the Maui Invitational, so I had to rock my flowery golf polo. I think you need to be there based off what you're wearing right now. Yes. Oh, man. <sighs> That'd be nice. It's like, I don't know, it's like 25 degrees here and like 30-mile-per-hour winds right now. I wouldn't mind being on the beaches of Maui. Have you been to Hawaii before? I have not. Um, maybe we just need a pod and and do content at the Maui Invitational next year. Oh, that would be crazy. <laughs> hey, Williams, start saving up in the budget. Send us to Maui. <laughs> he needs to save up for Rogaine first, and then he'll do the Maui trip. Uh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so how was your weekend? I was in Iowa City. Uh, watching the Hawks clinch the Big Ten West. How was your weekend, pal? It was good. You know, I had dad's birthday on Saturday. So any anyone knows me and knows how much family means to me. So we had a good time, you know, hanging out with the family and watching Iowa, man. I know probably quick segue into this, but I just this this year has just been so much fun, dude. I've had I haven't been big into football growing up. Obviously, my dad playing there, we always watched it. But like, I feel like this year, this year has been like the first year I've felt like, man, I love, I love football. I've never really said that, but watching Iowa football this year, Adam, it yeah. has been such a ride to see them come together, <laughs> and do the things they're doing. I don't know. Maybe I'm just the oddball out here. Well, I think that you have, um, you got a different perspective than most of us. You've You've been in the locker room on the on a high level, you know, Big Ten. Um, so probably most fans, most fans just see the game differently than someone who's actually been there. So you probably have a different perspective. You're probably, you know, happy for the – we're all happy for the guys. Like they keep winning. But you're probably like seeing how they're galvanizing through all the adversity and how they're just finding ways to win. And I think you probably have a more positive perspective than most uh, of us jabronis that run our mouths on social media sometimes 
Hey, you said it, not me. <laughs> no, it's just been a it's just been a blast to see them. I don't know. I like yeah, you're right. I see like the little things. Like I mm-hmm. saw the water cooler being dumped on Brian Ferentz. I that was amazing. Like Kirk Ferentz crying in the post game interview, like that type of stuff. Like I don't care how passionate you are as a fan, and nothing against fans because they make college sports what they are. They're their college fans are one of the greatest people ever because they're so passionate about what they do. Yeah and cheer on their team but no one is more passionate than the people that are actually in the locker room and in the yep. program and you can see that i mean you just see i mean the passion that kirk Ferentz shows i mean almost every every post-game interview this year he's just been brought to tears just because of what's been said by a player or what a media said someone said about him or you know just them overcoming adversity and and having the win i mean that, that's priceless man i mean I know they get a lot of hay for having family on staff, but I don't know. It's priceless to see people's emotions moved by tears because I don't know. I, I just feel like that's a lost art now, Adam. I don't know about mm-hmm. you. Just being so passionate about something that mm-hmm. you love it so much that you will do anything you can to you know make it be successful. Well, yeah, you're right. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I was about. I was willing to cut off a foot to make podcasting happen and then i just happened to i just happened to meet you and the rest is history god has a plan yes he does yeah man that was if you regardless of what people think about iowa football you can't see that and not be moved and not be fired up and not just like have some sort of emotion and then you see the players i mean say what you want about brian my gosh do his players love him just double Gatorade baths surrounding him when they're getting ready to do victory formation. They're fired up for him. That embrace he had with his dad, like you said, my gosh, it's been, I just, I'm not sure there's anybody out there besides the, besides Kirk Ferentz that could keep this all together. What they've been through injuries probably, I mean, I don't, I want to know what the locker rooms have looked like every week, like what he's saying to keep guys galvanized. Everyone goes to the podium and they're all saying the right things. They got each other's back, man. You can just tell it is a family. They love each other. The outside noise, they hear it. Obviously like you can probably attest to that. You hear it, but ultimately it's just about the guys inside the walls and man, they are, they are exemplifying that to the highest level. And that's a huge attest to the staff as well because they recruit. Hmm. I don't know, it's like football recruiting, but I know it's the same exact way. And when you're being recruited as basketball players for college, that they're they got you got to recruit good people to be able to have a program that even when shit hits the fan, which shit hit the fan this year for Iowa football, mm-hmm. that they're not going to back down. They're going to stay ten toes down on the ground, and they're going to do everything they can to be successful. And I think that's a test to. <laughs> The people that they've recruited, the kids that they've recruited, they've recruited a lot of Iowa kids. And I think when you recruit home state kids, I know I've said this before on previous podcasts, but when you when you recruit home state kids, that is such a huge advantage for your program because those kids, you know, I can say this with assertiveness because I've I've been I've been it, but when you recruit home state kids, they're doing anything they can to win for that team because they grew up watching that team. And I think that's so important to have around you because not a lot of teams out there have that kind of ability to be getting home state kids that love their program as much as, as they do. And I think mm-hmm. that's a huge test to the staff to be able to recruit those kids. Yep. Well said, well said. I was, um, I was there in attendance and uh, man, senior day it's it's so cool obviously you've had that moment but i can't imagine what's going through those guys heads when they're coming or uh yeah when they're getting ready to come out of the tunnel one last time the emotions that stadium when tory taylor came out of the tunnel was so loud my gosh that guy i don't know if there's ever been a more loved punter in the history of football that guy got such a pop it was like when stone cold returned to the wwe <laughs> the crowd just went nuts for Tory Taylor. I mean, well-deserved. It was awesome. And then of course he goes out and just has a dazzling performance that could have been better. Um, if we would have had Cooper out there, probably down in some of those punts, um, that should have been taken care of, but man, it was so fun to be there in person. Fans are, um, still complete lunatics. I don't know if there's anywhere in the stadium you can sit where you're not surrounded by them. 
<laughs> you see like 75 year old guys just losing their ever loving mind all game long screaming at bielma screaming at refs and um i don't know it's, I, I just want to say pal they can't hear you can you just relax a little bit even if you say that they're they're gonna believe you even, or not believe you even more and then they're yeah. gonna want to be louder that's just that's iowa that's iowa football fans right there mm-hmm. and i think uh it's probably a little bit of maturing and growing up, but also now like representing Iowa everywhere. I want to, I mean, obviously I don't know if anyone there had any idea who I was maybe someday, but I just want to, I want to be calm and put on a good face for Iowa ever and myself and my family and whatever else. But it was fun to just sit there and watch the game and kind of just make comments with my friends and not be a screamer yeller and stuff. Cause that just, honestly, it looks exhausting <laughs> to be honest know. with you. I don't know how I, I'm exhausted playing the game, but man, I've been to sporting events. Actually, not I don't think I've been to a lot of Iowa sporting events. Um, but I've been to sporting events. I'm like, man, these get these fans got to be tired. Like I can only imagine. I know what it's like in the game, but they scream literally the whole entire game. I'm like, don't you just like want to talk to your friend to the left for a little bit and then like scream? But no, it's like pure screaming at the players and at the game. Like I love it, but man, that's got to be exhausting. Yep. Well, um, before we get into a little more football discussion than basketball, I have to mention our friends at Terraplex Ag sponsoring this uh, this show for us. They're a wonderful company. They specialize in new farm technology via drones. Um so if a lot of you out there don't know, drones are becoming a huge part of farming and agriculture, whether it's applying cover crop or fertilizer, or if you don't want to hire a high boy to go in there and do some late season um, applications, drones will take care of it for you. Or if you just want to get a good uh, aerial view of your field to see maybe from, so Jordan, I'll break it down for you. There's like light yellow, yellow, green, there's different colors you can see from above your corn or beans and you can see maybe where certain areas of your field are lacking in nutrition or fertilizer. And then once you see those pictures and the drones help you, then you can decide how you want to fertilize your fields moving forward for the next crop. So check out Terraplex Ag. They're a wonderful partner of us and they can help you out with all of your farming needs via drones and applications. Um, so check them out. I did not know that. Wow. Yeah. You know, every time I talk to you about, because I want to learn everything I can about farming. My, my grandma, my mom, they, they, they kind of grew up on a, they, not kind of, they grew up on a farm. And my whole like side of my mom's family has been, you know, farm, like they, that's farm, 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 farm people. Mm-hmm. And I've never really been on that side of the family. Like I know them really well, but I've never like actually immersed myself in that like area. And every time I talk to you, dude, I'm like, I didn't even know like that, that different colors. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Yeah. If something's like, uh, if your beans are, or your corn is looking a little light green versus dark green, or there's some yellowing going on, you might be lacking in potassium or you might be lacking, um, in, uh, uh, nitrogen and stuff like that. And so those, those area, those area pictures and obviously soil sampling in the fall, um, can help you out a lot. Oh, so there you go. How, how's the harvesting going? Everything's all settled over there? Oh, yeah. We got done. We're just out um, hauling corn stock bales now, still plugging away at that. Haven't got a lot done this week because uh, getting ready for Thanksgiving and podcast stuff. But um, everything's going okay, except there was. I, this, I'm going to share this for my Ag Minute this week. I've had a couple sad moments on the farm. Oh. And I want to let people know it's not always sunshine and roses and wonderful I had, especially with livestock. So in the last couple of weeks, I've had a cow and a calf die, and which is to be expected, but it stinks when it happens. Um, just like a week ago or five days ago or so, I had a cow. And you can, if they're kind of hanging around the building and they're not out in the field and they're just slow moving and got like maybe like a white foamy mouth because they're not drinking a lot of water or stuff, you can tell something's wrong. A lot of times... When we have a tub grinder, we tub grind our feed. Occasionally, you might get like a chunk of metal or something in the feed. And if they can't pass it, it might get stuck in their intestines. So I had the vet come out. You put a magnet in them. 
it's like a big it's like the shape of an egg and you put it in and you uh put it in via their mouth with a tool and then it kind of sits in their stomach and it's supposed to draw metal to it hopefully it'll help them heal and uh and be able to get better doesn't happen often and this time it didn't happen the cow ended up dying and then so there's a lot of future income you lose off having a calf and then i just had a calf randomly be great one day got sick gave it medicine next day it's just laying in the farmyard dead and there's not a lot you can do about it and insurance companies will only pay you if it's like a natural disaster so basically the only way you're going to get paid is if they get hit by lightning or like a flood happens or something otherwise they say oh you didn't do a good enough job raising your cattle even though you do everything you can and it's completely out of your control that's how it happens sometimes well it sounds a little corrupt they don't really pay out it's a bummer. yeah it is a bummer so but that's how it goes it stinks and i'm usually mad for a few hours and then i don't know i think about podding with you and i get over it well that's really <laughs> sad that kind of makes me a little emotional yeah, it's, they're it's like your little kids. Yeah, you do, and you get attached to them. And I mean, it, it is a business at the end of the day, and you got to keep that mindset. But you still, I mean, there probably is farmers out there who don't care at all about their livestock and just see it as a way to make money, which it is for me too. But you also do get a little attached to them. They're fun. They're goofy animals. They're fun to be around. And so that's my sad ag minute this week. Well, that's really sad. It wasn't the calf that was uh, you found and that wanders around all the time, right? No, that one's still that one's still going strong, still getting out. I've given up trying to keep it in. I just shut the door to the barn so it doesn't walk out on the farm. Oh, he's but a little sweet. Oh yeah, he's a little he's a little stud. He's just waiting to get his his brother has a broken leg, so that's why he's penned up right now with his mom, and he's just like begging me, "Can you please just let us back out?" I said, "I got to keep you in here with your mom and your brother until <laughs> brother's good to go." Be patient. Always got to be patient. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, I'll try to mostly share happy thoughts, but you know, it's good sometimes to let people know there is, there is sad sides to, uh, to agriculture. Well, I just didn't like all this, dude, every time I talk to you, like there's just something new that I just, I'm fascinated about. Yeah. Not that part. I, I don't, I don't <laughs> oh man. Well, while we were on football, aren't we, uh, we talk about that before we talk some basketball and preview some fun upcoming games for the Hawks. Um, so the Hawks did officially win the West in classic Hawkeye fashion. Squeaked out a late score. Um, just just found a way, man. I tell you what, for some reason, watching on TV is more nerve-wracking to me. I was there, you know, I was on the side where the Caleb Johnson scored that last that last touchdown to win the game. And for some reason, I'm just standing there thinking like, Win or lose, I'm not nervous for some reason. I'm just watching it in person. It's, for some reason, less nerve-wracking. But I did, like, in the back of my mind think, if we just keep running, something will open up. And then, sure enough, bada-bang. Well, yeah. I mean, I was, like, kind of – I don't know, man. It was kind of a weird game. I mean, what, what what game isn't weird this year that, that I was played? <laughs> but I don't know. Something inside of me thought they're somehow, some way, midway through the fourth, they're just going to pull it out, like just like they always have been doing in the last yep. two decades with Kirk Ferentz. They just find a way to win. And I don't know, something about those senior night games, too. Like, I've been a part of them. I don't know, there's something like kind of magical about senior night games that, you know, trying to trans- transition, transit, translate it from basketball to football. There's just something, you know, magical in the air that, you know, they're, it's not that God's on your side. No one's on God's side in, in sports events, but mm-hmm. there's just like a weird feeling that they're, your team's going to find a way to pull it out just because those seniors deserve to go out on a win. And that's a huge deal for those seniors to say, my last game in Kinnick, I was able to pull out a win, and we were Big Ten West you know, champs. Yep. That's, that's, a huge, that's a huge deal. I, I don't think that was talked about enough in the media because senior night is such a huge part of an athlete's career because – that's their last memory in that jersey in their mm-hmm. home in their home stadium. Yeah, man, that's uh, I remember my like high school senior nights being so sad and bummed, and it, the memories and nostalgia floods over you. I can't even imagine what it's like in college. And of course, you got senior Tory Taylor out there making awesome punts, and you got um, Joe Evans on senior day just going out in style with some batted down passes and forcing the uh, fumble that leads to a safety. And um, it's especially 
exciting, I think, for the fan to see seniors having like some big senior moments on senior day. And I would know I had on my head, I had about seven of them. So, oh, yeah, buddy. Well, you just couldn't get enough of that senior day feeling. You had to keep, you had to keep coming it. back. I loved it too much. <laughs> and we loved having you back too. Um, you mean it? I actually mean it. In oh. the moment, I'd get caught up and be a freaking dick, but I mean it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, all right. I, I think I wanted to bring this up because there's very few people that can actually relate to this like you. And so I think your perspective would be great on this. So the Cooper to gene injury, um, I think it would, I think it would be good if you can like take us through the mindset of what it's like when you're having a great season and you're with all your guys, you've worked so hard and all of a sudden it's just taken away from you within like a five second span. And all of a sudden you're training you're working to get back. You're not with the guys. What is that like? What is Cooper's life like right now? Probably, and I know football is different than basketball, but and I, you can relate your your story to this because you know you went through your injuries, and you've told me a little bit about it. But I think uh, people would love to hear it. Like, let's. I think it would be good for you to share this with us so people can really like humanize the athlete. So the floor is yours, buddy. Yeah. Well, I think that's a huge facet of sports and i i don't know it's a little different from college sports still compared to professional sports because professional obviously there's a lot a lot of money being involved with professional sports but mm-hmm. college sports there's nil but i mean we're talking about pennies to the dollar what these guys are actually worth but mm-hmm. anyway that's a different topic but mm-hmm. the the whole i don't know man when injuries and stuff like in adversity hits college athletes, it is very, very hard mentally. Physically, you're going to be fine. I mean, we're one of the best athletes in the world. We're going to mm-hmm. have one of the best doctors in the world. Like you're going to be fine physically. That's never going to be a question. But mentally, man, that like that's that's a hill hill that a lot of people that I saw personally really, really struggle on, and I was one of them too. Mm-hmm. My first hip surgery, I struggled. My second one, I struggled. I broke my foot here recently a year and a half ago. Like just going through continuous rehab, like physically you're going to be fine because you've done it before. You're going to get through it. You've been hurt. But mentally it is such a hard mountain to climb because, you know, you've, you wait, not wasted, but you dedicate so much of your time to this one thing. And when it's taking away from you, you're kind of left out to dry because you're not really, you don't really feel a part of the team because, I mean, from my from my personal experience, because you're not actually playing, and if when you're not actually playing, you feel like you're not giving any help to the team. Mm. But what I've loved about Coop is, I mean, you can see how active he is on wanting um, for the team to be successful, even in his absence as well. And mm-hmm. Cade's the same way. A lot of those guys that have been hurt, you can see how happy they are for their teammates to be successful. And that's a test to what we talked about earlier was the recruiting aspect to Iowa football, how great they've always done to get kids mm-hmm. like that. But, man, on the mental side of things, it is really hard to get over that because you just don't feel like you're you're providing anything. And when you don't feel like you're providing anything, you not feel worthless in a sense, but kind of feel worthless in a sense yeah. because there's no there's nothing there for you to give. Man, that would, uh, yeah. And especially like when you're, you're, you know, 20, 21 years old, uh, maybe it even happens to star players at 19 or something. You don't, I, I process things so much better now and know how to handle things so much better now at 36 than when I was 20, obviously. So then you're like thrown to the fire of really having to grow up and mature and learn how to deal with something like that. And I know, People will say, well, athletes have this and the best treatment, but still like they're still just humans and like had something major happen to them. And it's hard to deal with stuff like that when you're when you're young and already have the pressure of school and class and practice and the games and wanting to not let people down and stuff. So does Iowa have a, I, I, I have does basketball and football, do they have like a shared is there like a like therapist psychology department that helps with athletes and stuff like that or how does oh, that yeah. how does that work oh yeah they do a great job with that and that's needed because I, I know a lot of my you know people i've been close to have needed to do that and they did and mm-hmm. 
And I, 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 especially when I was going through my injuries, I had to talk to someone. And I was fortunate enough, you know, Jack Dungey was hurt but by my side. Obviously, unfortunate for him, unfortunate for me, but us together, we were able to, you know, talk it out. And our trainer, Brad Floyd, was so great with us as well, too. And I know the football department has the same exact resources as we do, too. But Good deal. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, think, I think once you see up close a lot of fans don't see things up close from um, a long time from a long sprout out time they only see it from a short time maybe or they don't see it at all when you're able to see it behind the scenes daily you'd be like you you would your eyes are open to seeing how humanized we really are because i mean what we we, we really are objects when you think about it like we're put mm-hmm. on the field we, we perform people cheer for us we go off the field we people cheer for us or they boo i think with mm-hmm. us and it doesn't feel too humanizing when you're part of that on a, a night-to-night basis so i think the more people are able to are able to see and behind the scenes like what coop is going through what kid is going through it's an eye-opener it really is and i don't think a lot of people understand that until they do see it up front yeah yeah well i appreciate you sharing that i think it's important for uh for people to step back from the cheering wins and losses to hear stuff like that occasionally and you saw did you see the they got coop on video on his crutches hopping off into the tunnel and he they're they're videotaping right when he goes by the camera he drops an f yeah yeah so you can tell he's you can tell he's still fired up for his boys he's not feeling sorry for himself he's just he's just happy for the team and you love to see that um i have i don't know what it is i just have this sneaking suspicion in my gut that he's going to come back. I don't know. I want him to go out on his terms. So maybe it's me just trying to to wish it to happen. But I just have this feeling. It's a f- interesting position um, because of how big of an of a professional player he's going to be. Mm-hmm. But it's also interesting because he's an Iowa kid and he just had his career essentially cut short because of an injury. Mm-hmm. So. Man, I don't know. I wouldn't be shocked, honestly, like what you're saying, if he did decide to come back because sure. of how he was. I mean, the kid wanted to play at Iowa his whole entire life, and now yep. he has his chance to play at Iowa, and he's excelling. Mm-hmm. Like he's the man in Iowa City, and I know he's going to do really good things with his, you know, being so successful. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I I I wouldn't be shocked. I don't want to predict anything but i just say I, I wouldn't be shocked if he decided to come back because of what his past has been as an athlete leading up to now because man he is he is a show to see yeah yeah and he's from uh so Oldable, iowa is like 25 miles from my hometown in elta where i'm sitting right now um maybe i'll have to sneak over there at christmas see if he's home and just try to get an inside scoop and he'll probably say can you please leave me alone i'm trying to have christmas with my family but man he's uh i've had uh some of his high school teammates i've had over the years in the youth group at the church i help with and they have told me like die hard lives breathes eats sleeps hawks him and his family so there's a small sliver of hope that maybe he'll come back but ultimately he's got to do he's got to do what's best for him and it's it's next man in if he leaves i mean for the athletes they've lost this year for them to be be putting up a record like they did mm-hmm. i mean that is just extraordinary losing a guy like coop and winning on senior night kate's been out for a little bit you just go down the line of the injuries they've had they're they're not just like guys not not putting a you know a platform on any of these guys compared to someone else but these guys are you know studs like mm-hmm. to impact teams heavily and they're mm-hmm. still they still put out a winning football team. So I don't yeah. know. I'm just, I'm just really happy for all of them. I really am. Yeah. I want to, and also I want to, uh, I want to give props and shout out Deacon Hill before I saw some stats of him before um, the bye week when he got thrown to the fire two games versus the three games he's had since the bye week. It is a complete 180. I'm not saying he's out there like John Elway, but his stats like aren't too shabby post. Uh, the bye week and some of those throws that I got to witness in person on Saturday were, I don't know how he completed them, tight windows, maybe a little luck, 
maybe skill, maybe him being confident with a massive arm he has. But um, it's not like complete dread now when Iowa has to go down and get yards thinking it's not possible. Like he's definitely improved. I think he's over 60% completion now. He's got, I think I want to say it was three touchdowns, which, okay, whatever, nothing special, but only one pick versus reverse numbers pre, pre-buy. pre And so um, Deacon's improving. It's good to see. You know, KF was saying all along, we just, he's barely played. We got to get him reps. We got to get him reps. And uh, I guess the old ball coach knows a little bit more than a lot of us does. Yeah, I mean, you hate all you want on Kirk. I mean, he knows what the hell he's doing. He, you got to put a guy out there that he believes would be the most successful, which he's done. You know whether people liked it or not through the years, and you got to get him adjusted and accustomed to the atmosphere. You can't expect mm-hmm. a guy that was essentially a third string coming into Iowa not. Exp- I mean, yeah, you always want to be ready to play, but he wasn't expecting to play this year. Yeah, there's no, there's no chance, and the what he's been able to do to lead a team to well, a nine and two record now. Yep, the Big Ten West champs. I mean, you can say all you want about the stats, but they're winning. It's winning football. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for guys like that too as well because the guys that didn't think they're going to have a chance and they are they got a chance and they're making the most of it, that's that's special right there to see. Yep. Oh, man. Um, well, we move on to – we got Nebraska on Black Friday. I love Black Friday so much. I wake up. Uh, feeling miserable from the amount of food I ate on Thanksgiving. I get my chores done, and then I go to Baumgars. Do you know, is there Baumgars over on your side of the state? There is not, but I've had my fair uh, share at Baumgars. All right, so for those – I love it. For those of you who don't know, Baumgars is a hardware store. It's big in northwest Iowa. Um, They got great deals on stuff that only farmers could love, drills, tools, all sorts of awesome deals. So I love, I do chores. I get over there. I buy a tool or something. I've been waiting for a good deal on Black Friday. And then uh, I go watch Iowa, Nebraska. That's a fun tradition. Hopefully the Hawks can win. It'd be kind of funny. Um, my Nebraska friends that listen to this, I'm sorry, but it'd be kind of funny if the Hawks kept Nebraska from going to a bowl game. <laughs> oh, wait. I didn't even notice. Oh, yeah. Bowl That's... game on the line. Nebraska's got to oh. win. Oh, why does this always have to like <laughs> circumstances have to come down to Iowa Nebraska game? That is yep. so funny. I mean, they have to lose. They have yep. to. Iowa. I know we got a clinch, but man, it'd be fun to beat Nebraska, keep them out of a bowl game, make that record look ten and two instead of nine and three. It'd be a lot more fun. So even though we've clinched the West, a lot on the line set, uh, Friday, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, you think about it here. I know we're talking about Nebraska, but Iowa pulls off a win at Nebraska. They go in ten and two. They're they go into the Big Ten title game. You never know what's going to happen. Yep. Eleven and two. I mean, a lot I, can I'm happen. Not, a lot can happen for them to jump, jump way up. It, a lot does have to happen, but they're putting themselves in position. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, um, one more football thing I wanted to touch on that. You know, this is perspective that few can give, you being one of them. Phil Parker's embrace with Kirk Ferentz postgame. Did you see the video of Phil giving him the game ball and stuff? Um, I think a lot of fans over the years have probably thought Phil's probably pissed at Kirk. The defense is outperforming the offense. But you see that video and – Touch on like coaches' relationships, if you could. Obviously, you're not inside the football locker room, but you're there seeing your assistant coaches that you had with Fran and stuff. Like, they just seem to so love each other, support each other. And I think a lot of people on the outside are probably always thinking like the coaches are pissed if there's if their side of the ball is doing better than the other. So I don't know if you can touch on that, like coaches' relationships, if they're all in together for the common goal, if there's ever a rift. Well, I'm sure there's always going to be some sort of altercations that occur in staffs. I mean, you think about families, there's always altercations that occur just because, you know, there's going to be differences and there's going to be people that have different values and morals. But at the end of the day, they all have the same, the same goals, right? They all have the same end, end in me end in sight. Um, so from that aspect, they're always going to be very, very excited for each other. And if they're not, I guarantee Kirk's the first one to say, get the hell out of here or figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's 
that that's a cool side to see because on the basketball side, you know, we had our shooting coaches, we had our guys that were more on the defensive side. We had our guys running these drills to get us ready. We have our coaches doing this other stuff. Football's a little more excessive from that aspect because they do have different departments. Um, but when you're able to come together and accomplish the same goal, that lifts everyone up in the in the locker room. I don't care if you didn't play, if you did play, if you played 40 minutes, if you know, this coach was the scout of the team. If this coach was just defensive end, there's always when the end goal is finally met, that creates a bond that is very, very hard to explain. And you have to actually have to see it and go through it to explain it because it's one of the most rewarding feelings ever just to see that happen. Like you see Phil and Kirk do that on the outside, but to see them happening through the process to get there mm -hmm. that's powerful and i mean you see it with i mean any profession i mean you see in farming mm -hmm. when you're able to get hit your you know end goal of what you wanted to do i mean that's powerful because you've seen the work that was put in to get sure. there and not a lot of people are able are able to see that but you do and that's powerful right on right on well let's hope the hawks can go out get a dub on black friday and um, let's hope also Iowa basketball now transitioning to them can get themselves a big win on Thanksgiving day, man, Thanksgiving day. And then black Friday, it's going to be a glorious couple of days, sports and food and family. Um, Iowa did beat, uh, not too long ago, beat Arkansas state. And I don't know if, I don't know if the game was closer than people thought Arkansas state had been putting up some serious numbers on teams um hawks though win by 14 i think it was the first iowa game that hit the under in basketball this year <laughs> and so iowa i mean i don't know they uh they didn't shoot well from three they were two for 12 from three um aside from that not too bad one concern i did have though and it's been a concern i've had for a while with some of the hawks teams was rebounding arkansas state did hold a significant rebounding edge especially iowa gave up 15 0 boards against arkansas state i do not like to see that and it is a little concerning moving forward but um hopefully they can clean it up i don't know if you had any any thoughts on that game or not yeah i mean I, i've kind of said that the same thing last year rebounding and turnovers is going to be huge i don't know how many turnovers did Iowa have total that game i don't think uh, oh not very many iowa by the way uh, not very many turnovers. They are, I think they had seven that game, yep. and they are tied for first in the country in least turnovers per game right now at 6.8. So that's very promising. Yep. And that's a huge component of this team being successful. If they can keep that under eight turnovers a game, that's going to be really hard to do in Big Ten play. But mm -hmm. with, with the talent they have, they're going to have to make the most of every possession they have. And when you're given a turnover, Roy, obviously you're giving up potential points you could have scored and you're giving up points they could have scored. Mm -hmm. This aspect, when I was thinking about or talking about turnovers to people, people don't understand this aspect of turnovers, right? So you, you have the ball, the turnover occurs, that's a loss of three points, essentially. Yep. You can, you know, if you want to say there's a three-point play, but let's say it's just someone could hit a three-pointer. Arkansas comes back. Arkansas State, let's say that's who they're playing. They come back, get a turnover, they hit a three. That's a six-point swing essentially right there. Mm -hmm. And people don't, understand, yeah, people don't understand that kind of mindset of how big turnovers really are because of that swing. They just say, oh, it's just a loss of points. But no, they could hit a three. They come back, let's say they hit a three. That's a six-point swing. That's a huge swing in basketball games. It really is, especially in college basketball. Maybe not in the NBA because NBA is so damn crazy. But um, if you're able to limit your turnovers and they're going to have to rebound the hell out of the ball this year, I think those two things, I mean, you can probably throw in, um, I mean, they're probably going to have to hit big 10 play comes around. They're probably going to have to average around seven to eight threes a game. That's yeah. going to be tough this year, but you're going to have to, you're going to have to hit threes to win games. That's just what the game has shifted to and transitioned to. But Mm -hmm. I think those three things, Adam, I mean, defense will be defense. It's just, I think they're giving up around 75 a game this year. Yep. Um, defense will be defense, but if they're able to take care of those three things because turnovers can lead to a poor defensive team. Fran always would say that in the locker room. So 
those three key areas, Adam, if they're able to keep those manageable, they have a shot to get into the NCAA tournament. And that's anything in the NCAA tournament this year, I think that's a huge success for Iowa basketball. Oh, without question. Yeah. There's a, I think about that often. And sometimes it leads to some arguments I have with friends. They're like, oh, but you lost by, lost by 15. Like it's not going to change anything if they took care of the ball better. I'm like, do you guys not realize like they could have had eight less points? We could have had eight more and we win by a couple with, this bad pass here or there didn't happen. So I love, I love how you touched on that. Um, so speaking of rebounds, is we look to the Oklahoma game. Oklahoma is um, not significantly, but definitely better than Iowa. They average about one and a half more O boards a game, um, about three more o- overall rebounds a game. And so Oklahoma, you know, that's and they have some big boys. I'll touch on that in a minute, but. It's a little concerning, but um, if Iowa can keep the rebounding um, around, I don't know, half and half with Oklahoma, other offensive stats like to look at, like we're better three-point percentage. Our pace is way above Oklahoma's pace, um, and we have a lot of depth, so maybe we can really get them running. They do shoot uh, significantly better free throw amount and percentage, and so – Oh, that was one thing I noticed about Arkansas. Holy cow, the Hawks went to the line like 40 times, I think. And so that was exciting to see because, man, if you can be more aggressive and draw fouls, that can change the game big time, especially if you're getting other teams' bigs or you know key players in foul trouble. But um, a lot to like about the Oklahoma matchup. We average way more assists, steals, and obviously we're better with turnovers. So um, I think it's going to be a dogfight, but um, we'll see what happens with that. Anything you got after me spitting all that at you? <laughs> oh, I love all the stats. I think those stats are really important. I know it's early in the season, but those are telling of where your identity as a team is going to shift towards mm-hmm. the middle of the season, towards the end of the season as well, too. But Oklahoma, obviously, you have you know Coach Moser, one of the best coaches in college basketball. He was at um, Loyola, and he did yeah. what he did there. Just phenomenal coach, really disciplined teams. You know They're really aggressive, really um, – really disciplined on offensive and defensive side mm-hmm. great rebounding teams historically with him you know i think they're only giving up around 55 a game right now i think i saw with oklahoma so mm-hmm. you're gonna come into a dogfight they're gonna play like you know the difference between when porter was at his other school is they had athletes but they he wasn't able to recruit the athletes he does now at oklahoma mm-hmm. so the more he's you know getting his classes to come in and develop them and train them and get them ready for you know these seasons you know you're going to see this oklahoma to be really a you know a great program because of how good of a coach he is so this is a really big game for iowa i know oklahoma isn't as highly rated as creighton but you know, this oklahoma's a really good team they have really good players and if they don't take care of those three things like I talked about, Oklahoma's going to run run them out of the gym because those three things are going to be really the same principles that Porter's going to have as well, too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I do like the free throw um, stat you brought up because Coach always said if you don't take – if you don't make more free throws as a team, if you don't make more free throws than uh, the other team takes, then you're not winning basketball games. And that's, I mean, you look at those little details, but that's what, that's what you talk about in the locker room, as crazy as that is. We would have a check, uh, um, it's like a checkbox of all these categories. And we had to check off at least, I think there's 15, and we had to check off at least, I think our number was 11. If we didn't check off at least 11 of those boxes in a game, we're not going to win. Hmm. But that's the type of thing you have to do in college basketball because everyone runs such such different you know schemes and yeah. defensive schemes. So you have to like check off a lot of boxes and break it down so minusculely to be able to be successful at this level. So yeah, I'm glad you brought those stats up because those do mean a huge deal when you're going into these types of big games. Yeah, and especially, man, Iowa has a lot of shooters. And so if we can limit the turnovers, um, a lot of good things. There can be a lot of a lot of games that we can win by limiting the turnovers. Um Oklahoma's leading score is I want to get his name right. Ortega Owe. Ortega. Uh, you know Tortega him? Talk- no, it's Ortega Tacos. Uh, oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, we have a funny, I have a funny story real quick. Uh, all right, take it away. We would always have scouts. So we have two-day preps, we call them. So let's say we have, there's Thanksgiving game day 
or Thanksgiving game, and we would always do a two-day prep. So today mm-hmm. is two days before Thanksgiving. So today would be the first day they're prepping for Oklahoma. And let's just say there's there's all these names that you are trying to learn. You have to learn all these people's names. You have to learn their numbers. You have to learn what they do, what position they are, how tall they are, just everything about them. And then we get quizzed on it the night before or the the day of the game, right before we go to the arena. So we get a quiz on all the information we did. And um, I'll have to pull it up next time. I have a bunch of scouting reports. I've kept every single one through the years. And they're all like 20 pages long. You have to know all the plays. You have to know what their calls are. You have to, and he's going to ask you this. And if you don't know him, he's going to be really pissed knowing Fran. (laughs) But anyway, long story short, we used to, you know, all these different names are coming up on the board in our scouting report. And some of them, as you were talking about, you just have no idea how how to pronounce any of these guys' names. <laughs> so I remember we had a guy named Shamanga. I actually played with him at Iowa with Iowa Wolves last year, Jordy Shamanga. And we no one could get his name right. So like we just started a thing where we just named these guys like just random names. So like we named him like Chimichanga. Like we would name like <laughs> just all these people different. It's not even close to their names because no one could say who they are. So long story short that just reminded me of all the craziness that occurred in that area. <laughs> After the game, you go up to him, dap him up. Hey, nice game, Chimichanga. <laughs> no, that's literally what we would do. Guys like, what? Sure. We'd be in the game. You're like, Chimichanga's coming in. Who's got him? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Hey, man, whatever helps you remember. You know, nicknames like that probably probably help you remember it better than just trying to pronounce his name correctly. Oh, yeah. It was just so funny because everyone was just dying laughing because like, it's just – I don't know. It's not that funny, but when you're in the locker room, it's oh. just the funniest thing ever. <laughs> uh, so, or Ortega, we'll call him that. Owe, leading score. He is he is a big guard, six five two fifteen, um, large physical guard. Their top two scores actually are guards. The the number two score is a little leaner. I think he's six two one sixty. I saw. So it's kind of like our our version of Perk and Bowen there. Um, their third leading scorer doesn't actually start, but he comes off the bench. He's 6'10", 275, a large man. Um, their starting big is 6'10", 235, um, and then they got a 6'7", around 220-pound wing. So they're kind of similar in size to the Hawks. I was thinking most games Iowa, I feel like, is going to have a size advantage, but maybe our guys off the bench is what separates us with the size advantage as we bring in all of our six six to six eight athletes off the bench but um size wise you know pretty similar to the hawks with the starting lineup and then uh they have three guys all averaging over six rebounds a game but so we touched on that like rebounding is going to be so crucial um i feel like with their guards being their leading scorers and being big and physical um i don't know how much that's going to take bowen and uh and perk out of the game and going to be key that you know, some of our role players step up. How does that, does that have an effect when they're, when your front court guys are really having to lock in? Does that affect their game offensively? Yeah. I mean, when you have guys like Moser does at Oklahoma, they're probably going to pressure the crap out of the guards at the back court. And they're probably going to, you know, be really up on, um, we went over this last week, cricky. Mm-hmm. Cracky, crocky, crocky. crocky. <laughs> I'm gonna continue to call him crocky. Uh, I like it. It'll catch and, on. Yeah, but he's he's averaged you know 25 the last two games I think. So they're yep. gonna be all over him this game. Yep. Um, and all those aspects, yeah. I mean, you're you're exactly right. Everything we already talked about. These are gonna be huge aspects of you know being able to win this game. The other thing is too, like to know going into this game, this is a huge game. Big Ten wise, because the more games the Big Ten can win outside of non-conference, the huge, the the, the more beneficial conference play is going to mean mm-hmm. to all these in in-conference games. But also, you know, I know I'm kind of going off topic here, but also the game itself for Iowa, because you don't have a lot of non-conference games that are going to be quad one, and this is going to be a quad one win if they are able to pull it off because it's a neutral site game. Oklahoma is going to be a really good team this year. So this is a huge, this is a huge game early in the season that I know I've talked about in previous years of how important early games are, but I know it's early in the season, all the focus on on football right now, but 
These games right here decide the trajectory forward for team, just like Creighton was. Creighton, if they would have got that win, that would be monumental for the mm-hmm. Iowa season because that shifts a huge, you know, kind of a, I don't know the exact word, but like that, that shifts them better to be in a better position at the end of the season because they have mm-hmm. a quad one win away. So mm-hmm. when you're able to stack these quad one wins, I mean, I'm going to keep talking about throughout the season. That's what gets you in the tournament. That's what gets you better seating. That's what gets you, you know, the the conference itself to be able to have these games mean more. And I don't know. I, I think the Big Ten is doing pretty well so far. I don't know Purdue just beat Gonzaga last night, which was huge for the conference. But yeah, um, Gonzaga plays in a, a Barbie conference. They don't play against anyone. <laughs> so. um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I'm excited to watch it just because of all these. This is early in the season, so we can list all the stats we want. And a lot of them are going to be a little comparison to what's mm-hmm. going to happen. But that's what's so beautiful about these games, Adam. No one has any idea what's going to happen. Yep. None. Oh, my gosh. There's been so many. I mean, we'll see at the end of the year if they're upsets. But early college basketball season, there's been so many by the line upsets with underdogs and stuff. But I mean, it's so impossible to tell early in the year, like you said. And the nice thing I like about this game is Iowa did have that true battle tested road game at Creighton. This will be Oklahoma's first, you know, big test really um, of the season. So hopefully that'll maybe play a little bit in the Hawks favor um, with Crocky playing so good, playing so good. I'm hoping that um, if they want to, especially if he's going to step out, um, and hit that mid-range jumper around the free throw line or something. It's it's my hope that uh, that'll open it up maybe down low for um, Pat to have a big game potentially hit the boards, maybe getting some O boards or or some open looks down low as a as a um, Crocky pulls the defense out there a little bit. And so um, I don't know our guards maybe maybe this could be a game where some of our uh, our athletic wings have a big have a big night. Um, while the guards got their handful with Oklahoma's guards, I'm I'm very I'm very very excited for this game. I just, I'm just scared about not scared, but I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical of these mid range shots because yeah, we talked about it you last. Touched on that, I just don't think it's winning basketball now. It's just mm-hmm. basketball has gone away from mid range jumpers, and the more you take, the more I think you have a chance to lose and he's mm-hmm. making them right now. Don't get me wrong. He's playing phenomenal. He deserves all the recognition he's gotten. Yeah. But there's going to be games where they're not going to fall. And yeah. I'd rather maybe step out a couple feet and shoot a three. I don't know. That's just my mathematical mind. Yeah. Here. So I don't know. Well, it's better to go two for 10 from three than two for 10 from, from 16 feet. Yeah, I mean, but he's shooting. I, I'm. I don't know what his percentage is from, um, from the field. I mean, he's got to be shooting forty-five to fifty-five percent from mm-hmm. mid-range right now. But I don't know. We were just always. I'm. Luca was different just because Luca was Luca. He could do whatever the hell he wanted. But mm-hmm. maybe he'll turn into a, a Luca type player. But I don't know. It's hard to win games when you're shooting that many mid-range shots, and I just hate for that to come down to that after how well he's been playing because he's yeah. going to have so much opening now, I, I think against Oklahoma where he's going to be able to pump fake now. And then he's got to use his size to get to the rim. And um, cause he's a big guy. He's going to have to be able to get mm-hmm. to the rim and attack the bigs down low because the more he does that at him, the more there's going to be foul trouble with the big guys on Oklahoma as well yep. as the teams down the road too. So um, getting to the foul line is going to be a key factor as well too, this upcoming year. Yeah. Um, one exciting note to look uh, to close this this discussion out here as we uh, hopefully next time we talk about this game, it'll be talk about a Hawkeye dub. Owen Freeman, back to back freshman of the week in the Big Ten. Um, here's a little question for you. Owen Freeman, big defensive game because he's going to be playing on Thanksgiving. And you know what his favorite Thanksgiving food is? Stuffing, because that man is a block machine. <laughs> He's gonna have a big game. That was that was good, right? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I did not see that coming. I like to work in those dad jokes. Wow. That was 
that was top dad joke right there. <laughs> Thank you. I worked on I worked on that for a total of 28 seconds. Wow. So did you write that down? Of course I did. Yeah, let's burn that. <laughs> <laughs> All burn right. that note. <laughs> All right. Last time I'll use that one. Maybe. <laughs> so hopefully Owen, you know, hopefully his his defensive presence can help with their bigs down low. Uh, love to see the start that that young man has had to the season, especially helping, you know, uh, maybe as as newcomers come in, you know, you probably know it takes a little adjusting with the offense and figuring that all out. But if you can come in and help right away on defense, that's probably huge for a team. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, anytime you have the guys that come off the bench and they're able to provide – as they are that's a huge huge premium that's put on their on their head for being able to perform on a nightly basis so you have guys coming in off the bench like owen brock has done really well i know he didn't play as much but desante had a great game on last game so the more you have guys coming off the bench i mean look oklahoma's top one of the top three leading scorers is off the bench i mean you look Mm -hmm. down the line on teams that are big time teams that's that's pretty realistic to have guys that mm-hmm. are top scorers on the team that come off the bench and six man seventh man's eight man's you know fran has notorious have put in the lineups of 10 to 11 11 man rotation so mm-hmm. they're gonna have to figure out their bench you know con- contributions this year also i mean there's just a lot of there's a lot of different details this year for this team yeah. to be really they can be really really good and if they take care of all those areas we talked about I seriously think they have a chance to do really, really well this year. Same. Well, let's hope so. And then and all season long, we can talk about how exciting this team is. So, all right. Some closing thoughts here to end this. First of all, shout out my alma mater. I don't like them as much as the Hawks. Sorry, Matt Bohannon, if you listen. But I did go to you and I, and I do love them. And they play UNC tomorrow night. So, hey, good mm-hmm. luck to the Panthers. Let's go out and shock the world. You beat them once. Let's do it again. Now, granted, this one's not in the McLeod Center, but your brother was a part of that game. Why not go out and beat the Tar Heels again and shock the world? So good luck to the Panthers tomorrow night as they host North Carolina. I'll tell you what. I had the one of the most fun times watching basketball when I was going to watch my brother Matt at UNI. Just because and I don't want UNI fans, we have any UNI fans that are listening to take this the wrong way. Just because of not the fact that they're not a high major school and what that team that those teams that my brother were part of were able to do man that was i I wish i could go back to those my brother's junior and senior year because that was just unbelievable to watch them play i mean their last year they weren't expected to make the ncaa tournament they made the ncaa tournament the year before i think they went 31 and like four or something crazy yep like when they went 31 and four Adam, I thought like I was back in the day playing on my Xbox on <laughs> NCA March Madness and creating my own dynasty. That, yes, that's what like. <laughs> it was just unreal. Oh man. Man, you and I has had some they've had about every five or six years or so they get a team that really excites us. So um hopefully get to experience some of that again soon. Speaking of, almost forgot to mention this assistant coach for Oklahoma. Don't know if your brother's friends with him or not. Still, uh, former teammate, Mr. Paul Jesperson. Yep, yep. I forgot about. Yeah, I forgot to say that. Um, great player, phenomenal player, as everyone remembers. Unbelievable yep. player. I mean, he's the reason they got in the round of thirty-two their, their last year. Mm-hmm. That was insane to watch. <laughs> that was a that was a nearly pass out blood rush to the face moment. Yeah, not quite a, as good as your shot against Indiana. It's close though. Kiss off the glass. Oh, that was awesome. All right. Um, speaking of North Carolina, you shared something with me the other day. Um, and I know we're running short on time, but there's just so much to talk about. Uh, this this North Carolina field hockey coach, uh, share with the people what you told with me, because this is crazy. Yes. This lady, she, I think she won four, was it four national titles? Yep. I think the, the article stated. I don't follow field hockey. I know a lot of people don't either. Don't take that the wrong way. But this is a fascinating story. This lady led North Carolina to a field hockey national title um, not too long ago here in the last couple of weeks. And she is a year out of college. She just graduated college and she played field hockey at UNC. I think she had four titles herself at UNC mm-hmm. the first year after she gets hired as a head coach and they win the national title. Wild. 
how insane is that? She, I mean, there has to be a documentary. Yeah. About this. And weird I, I'm coaching your former teammates. Right. That's what I'm I mean, she's, a, <laughs> she's still a girl. She's just right out of college. She's yeah. just graduated. Yep. It's absurd to me. I, dude, I read that. And I, I literally set my phone like on the ground like this. I'm like, <laughs> I thought I was reading that wrong. She was 23 years old teaching or coaching a, a college, a yeah. college team. Can you imagine graduating? Then you turn around and you're the coach of the Hawks and a game ends and you go to midcourt and shake hands with Tom Izzo. Hey, good game coach. And you're the coach of the Hawks. Tom Izzo will be like, what the fuck? <laughs> what is happening right now? Oh man. All right. I told you that I had, I had something I wanted to share with you that I want I'm not sure how you're going to react. And this is how I want to end this. And this is a way that I think we can build the following at Iowa everywhere and me personally on social media. So we're coming up on the Christmas season. What would you say if I told you that I'm a singer, I did band, choir, all that. I love to sing, play the drums, also love sports, played all the sports. But in college, I was in an all-male men's glee club. I don't, I don't know would where you believe it because would it was I, true. Would I believe it? Yeah. Do <laughs> I know where you're going with this? No, I have no all idea. Right. All right. So I was in the UNI Varsity Men's Glee Club in college. Had a great time. Love singing. Uh, it completely throws people off that didn't know that whenever I tell them. Um, so I was in the Glee Club. And here's my proposal to Iowa Everywhere Nation and people listening. So at the end of every Christmas show that we did, there was this thing called the Arthur Murder Dancers, where I think it was 20 guys would come out in tutus and wife beaters and blown up balloons for our breasts underneath our white beaters. And we would dance to the Nutcracker theme song. And two big guys would come in, jump on the arms of people on the ends and get carried in and be the prima donnas dancing in the front. I was one of them for multiple years. So this is my proposal. I have the video and I will post it for everyone to see me dancing in a tutu like a complete fool to the Nutcracker theme song if I can get 2,000 followers on Twitter and 1,000 on Instagram by Christmas and Iowa Everywhere gets to 10,000 on Twitter and 2,000 on Instagram by Christmas. If that happens, I will share that gift with everyone as a Christmas present from me to watch. And let me tell you, it's highly entertaining. What do you think? <laughs> it's wild. Wow. <laughs> this is who you're in business with, buddy. Wow. <laughs> I had no idea. But why does yep. that not surprise me? Yeah. Kind of exciting. I mean, I just want to see the damn video now. <laughs> I'll share it with you. But if ever, I think... If everyone else wants to see it, let's get the follower count up and then I will share it. And I promise people, you will enjoy it. You'll want to share it with your family at Christmas and all your friends. It is highly entertaining and also highly exhausting. I was out of breath at the end of that dance. It is tiring. So there you go. That's my proposal. I don't even know what to say right now. <laughs> well, just just ponder your words. You can let me know next time. <laughs> So that's what I got. All right. Well, <laughs> you, you probably didn't see that one coming, did you? I had no idea. No idea. All right. Before we end, we got to mention our friends at the Iowa Event Center. They are an awesome sponsor and partner with Iowa Everywhere. Um, tons of great shows and concerts going on. Adam Sandler just performed there and was hooping with the Drake basketball team before his uh, concert. But they have a bunch of awesome stuff coming up. They've got WWE Monday Night Raw, which I love, by the way. Behind me, you can't see it, but I got a little Sting figurine because I love wrestling. Sting was the man. And they got Disturbed, Cat Williams. I believe Tom Segura's coming up also. Uh, Cody Johnson, Fallout Boy. They've got 
is it Disney on Ice? Is that mm-hmm. what it's called coming up? All sorts of stuff going on at the Iowa Event Center. Check them out for fun things to do with your family and friends. And uh, I'd love to do some stuff with them in the future. Hopefully we can do some some fun collabs and things in the future with them. But they're an awesome partner of Iowa Everywhere, and we do appreciate working with them. So check out uh, the Iowa Event Center um, for some fun stuff to do. I heard uh, you're going to be on Disney on Ice next year. Well, what you just were saying i do look good in a tutu <laughs> so sign me up i'm gonna i'm gonna show the people at the iowa event center the video of me dancing in a tutu and they're gonna be like done we're gonna get you skating lessons i mean i was a world-class rollerblader surely oh i can ice skate gosh. what else did you what did you do <laughs> there's few things there's few things that this man can't do oh, oh and by the way coming up thanksgiving morning if you want to see what 340 pounds with ballerina feet looks like, come to the Elta football field for Turkey Bowl 29. It's a touch football game that a bunch of guys from my church and people in the community, we always play on Thanksgiving morning at the Elta football field. It's a great time. So I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving and kicking it off with that fun tradition. I'm kicking it off. I love it. Yes, sir. What do you have planned for Thanksgiving? Spending time with family. Loving it. What's it like in the Bohannon household? Is it you guys get like a basketball game going? Is it some PlayStation, some competitive stuff going on with all the brothers? It's pure chaos right now with the three kids. So there's I have two nephews and one niece, and the niece is the most spoiled. She deserves <laughs> it because she's the first girl in the Bohannon family. So she nice. has been completely spoiled, and she is the sweetest, most cutest, and most anything you can imagine to be. Just I love the, that. She's so beautiful, and she is the literally changed our family's tree because she's the first <laughs> Bohannon girl. Um, finally, yeah, finally, my mom is loving it, so she's <laughs> great. awesome. Well, that's exciting. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving, buddy. I hope everyone out there does. Let's hope the Hawks get a dub in basketball and football. And we have all sorts of fun stuff to talk about next time. Um, that was Making Mems from the Channel Seed Studios. Um, until next time, Jordan, it's been a pleasure, my friend. Always. Looking forward to next week. All right. See you guys. Iowa everywhere.